And nearly 40% um, of adults in America have indicated a great deal of stress and anxiety in their life in a recent survey. That's up tremendously uh, since COVID. And uh, we're seeing increased amount of stress and anxiety in children uh, as young as three and four dealing with stress and anxiety. My, my guess would be right now sitting in this room, you, you know personally people who are really dealing with anxiety, with stress, with depression, and uh, just feeling the weight of life. And my guess is also, as I said, there's, you're thinking of someone, you probably are someone who's dealing with stress and anxiety. There's a lot going on in our lives and it can feel um, overwhelming. Um, add to that the expectations that we have uh, as women who might define themselves as Christian. We go to church, we go to Bible study, you know, we, we have faith, and then it feels like I shouldn't be stressed. Maybe this isn't right. Maybe I'm not doing it right. Maybe I've missed the point. Maybe if I try harder, uh, maybe if I go to this Bible study, you know, all those things. It's a lot. And expectations can, can kind of move in on us. The, we have a lot of relationships. You, you have uh, your family that you love, and you have your family that are challenging. <laughs> um, you might be married, and that could be a challenging relationship at times. Even the best relationships, those can be challenging. Your work relationships can add to your stress in your life. You know what else adds to our stress? The darn talker box inside our little noggins. Like, will it ever end? You know, it constantly. And it just goes on and on and on. And you wonder, am I the only one who thinks like this? And then if you're on social media and you go through a few reels, you're like, nah, there are other people. I'm not the only one who does that. <laughs> I don't know if it adds more stress or if it's more, more confirming, but that inner dialogue comes. Things that we thought we were over, our traumas from our past, voices, commentary about who we are from our past can come up even things that we really thought we were done you know with all of a sudden you know they can just come out our concerns about our future the big hazy question mark that's out there uh, for our own life for the lives of our loved ones if you have children for your children doesn't matter if they're little or they're grown we're, we can be really stressed about that there is a lot that we could put under the category of stress and anxiety and this the whole concept of this summer's bible study is for us to come together and to rethink rest and stress because we hear a lot about resting and stress in in light of being a christian but we go back and look in the mirror or we wake up tomorrow morning and we feel like we're back again like i thought i would be better by now and i i made you know, progress, but here I am again in that spot. And ironically, we've done this Bible study before. <laughs> and so even those of you who went through this Bible study a few years ago are like, I've been to this Bible study before. And you're already realizing, I need it again. Amen? <laughs> so as we move forward into this, I'm going to give us an overview of the idea and some things to take home and start praying about. And then each week during uh, the study, each every two weeks during the study, we're going to move in on a, a, a tighter point. I'm going to walk you through some of those tonight. Um, hopefully my technology will work on this next screen. We'll see if I can get it to, to play correctly. 
<laughs> you might recognize this lady. <laughs> Who remembers that commercial? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Calgon Take Me Away commercial. I'm going to get rid of that. Um, Calgon Take Me Away. Um, there, there was a, I remember I was a little, a little bit younger, a little kid. I, I was like, who's Calgon? <laughs> <laughs> and I look back now and I realize my mom was saying it jokingly. But at the time, I'm like, who's, who's she yelling to? <laughs> Gildon, take me away. <laughs> and uh, then I got older, and the commercials got advanced on and on, and you see this, these ladies in their luxurious bath. But they're screaming, <laughs> hollering out for Calgon to take them, uh, take them away. And, and that's kind of what we want. We, we get swallowed up by the moment. And if it's small or if it's big or if it's ongoing, or for approaching it, and we just want it, we want to be taken away, right? Calgon, take me away. And my heart here tonight as we kick off this study is for us to, not that you're actually literally calling out, Calgon, take me away, <laughs> but that that would be the cry of your heart to God, and that it would shift from being take me away, but get, help me through, right? And, and to make that uh, part of our our conversation that we have with God, to work on how we talk to ourselves, to work on how we talk to God. And some of you have a, a, an aspect of your faith where you've really moved in on the, the disciplines we call it of our faith, like maybe daily reading the Bible or having a meditation, um, attending church regularly, being in a Bible study in a group or on your own. And some of you are new to all that. That's, that's outside of something you haven't developed. Anywhere on that spectrum, wherever you are, my heart, my prayer for us as we move in through this study, at the end of this study, that you'll look back and say, I understand better what it means to really trust God. Really, really come before Him. Really hide and be hidden in Him. Really understand who he is as, as the great God and my father, my creator, my friend. What does that look like? To really embrace what it means to let it go and really let God have control over my life. That we'll look back on that. And that you will not only be equipped inside your own heart to talk to yourself better and to move through your faith better, but that you'll be equipped then to help somebody else. Because you have someone in your life right now who needs that as well. So I want us to be thinking along those lines as we, as we move through this. You know, the reason why I can stand up here and talk to you and I can see your faces nodding and I can sense in this room that you're right there with me with this whole stress talk, especially that Calgon commercial, <laughs> is because we have a very common experience. There's no one in this room. There's no one hearing my voice who hasn't been touched by brokenness. There's no one who hasn't experienced loss, right? We are all broken. We have all been touched by sin, by that separation from God. And so as we come to this understanding in this study, I want us to see that that's a common experience and that we have a common solution available to us. But let's kind of maybe rethink 
how we're, how we're approaching that. The first thing to understand is that as we come to that understanding that we all have that common experience, we all are dealing with brokenness, we all are dealing with sin, that we need to go all the way back to the beginning and see, hmm, if we have this common experience and God is united in us, maybe it will serve us best if we understand how God talked to us and talked to his people when he was defining his people, when he called them out. And one of the very first things that he did when he called his people out and he rescued them out of slavery, if you think about um, Egypt and, and that whole account, is he gave them, what, the Ten Commandments. This is what I want you to do. This is what I don't want you to do, right? And all of that brokenness, all that sin, all that separation from God produced in us and produced in our life work, right? Work. And when God defined to Adam and Eve what it was going to look like now that they had sinned, he said, you're going to toil. This is going to be work. Very first thing. And then when he calls them out of Egypt and he sets them before him at Mount Sinai and he defines for them what they're going to look like as a people, you would think the God, the creator of the universe, would say, get to work, obeying me, serving me, producing stuff for me. And to a certain degree, he did. But built into the very fabric of the identity of who God's people are, out of those Ten Commandments, one of the ten things that he said was, rest, stop working. And we get it into our head, I think, as Christians, that to be a good Christian means to keep doing. But we have to come back to what the original intent God had for who his people were, and that was part to rest so i'm going to move through on that idea what it looks like to be part of him i'm going to walk you through this the acronym of what chill actually stands for and so c-h-i-l-l the first letter is the letter c and it stands for come to him come to him and simply that's just being willing to come to god in every circumstance Come to God. Make that your very first thing. You know what we often do? We often get up inside of our head first. We overthink it. And is, that, is that just me, overthinking everything? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> or then we, we come to somebody else. And we want to rethink. If we're going to rethink rest and stress, the very first thing we have to do is hit the brakes on calling up the girlfriend, calling up the husband, whoever you're talking to, going down inside your, the tunnel inside your brain, and make sure you really, really are bringing it to him, being willing to come to God in every circumstance, the relief that that's going to create in you. What that ends up looking like is some, a verse that you're all very familiar with, and that's Jesus' own, own words when he said, Come to me, all you are weary. Raise your hand if you're weary. All you are burdened, raise your hand if you're burdened, and I will give you three things to make your life improved, ten tips on how to live a happy life, you know? No, I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to take you back to the beginning. I'm going to take you back to how I defined, how I wanted to engage with my people. And I, I could have, God could have given any number of commands to his people. And in the top ten, he said rest. Top 10. (laughs) 
Come to me, all you are weary and burdened. That's everybody. And I will do what? I will give you rest. Take my yoke. Now, a yoke is something that links together to, to work beasts, beasts that are meant to work. Take my yoke upon you, though. So it's this counterintuitive concept that he has. And then learn from me. Walk with me. See how I, I do it. Ladies, how can you do that? How can you be with him and learn from him if you're not coming to him, if you haven't come to him? But if you're spinning in your head and if you're dialoguing with your friends, and all, that all can be good, self-reflection, talking to friends, good people. Make that a priority, though, to come to him. Learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And what I love about this reminder is that you do have a yoke. You are connected to Jesus Christ. And you do have a burden. My burden, he says, is light. It's not like he's waving it away and brings out some Jesus Christ magic wand. <laughs> you do have a burden. There's a lot to deal with. And there's no magic wand out there that he's erasing that. He's saying, come to me. Partner with me. Right? Let that be eased in me. So our first letter is C. And as we move through these, you'll, you'll start seeing them build toward the whole completion of, of what this whole idea means. So come to him and H, hide. Hide in him. Let him envelop you even while you're surrounded by a hectic life. Now, this part, this part is going to take a little more mm, creative thought. Because I, in my mind, I'm, I'm guessing, in my heart, my mind is I'm thinking about you, and I know some of you ladies a little better than others. I'm guessing that the come to him part, because that's I can pray, I can kind of think about myself talking to God, but I really want to press on you this idea of not just coming to him, but I want the idea of hiding in him and the idea of being enveloped by him. Like when you were a kid, and you had the, uh, the fort, and you had the fort made out of the cushions in the sofa. Maybe you've made one for the kids or the grandkids, and you have the cushions around, and you've got the blanket all around, and you're just tucked down inside of all of that, and, and you can just feel it all around you. Or even better, when you're laying in bed at night on these cold summer days, <laughs> and literally change into something warmer to come here tonight. Pull the blanket over and you can feel your breath warm around you, right? I want that to be the sensibility that you have to God. And allow your imagination that God's given you to picture yourself being enveloped by him. Let him envelop you. Hide in him. It says in Psalm 17, show me the wonders of your great love. <laughs> you who save by your right Hand. That's the hand of honor. That's the hand of strength. That's the hand of the, of the privilege of being with God. Those who can come can come to him and be at that privileged relationship with him. 
This is not the hand of shame or condemnation or the finger pointing. This is come to him by your right hand. Those who take what? Refuge in you from their foes. I, I love the reminder here that you don't just need to hide because you want to be close to God. You have to hide because you need protection because you have an enemy and that enemy might very well be you. And there's a sense in which you can come and hide and have refuge in him. Let him envelop you because why? He can help you close down and be enveloped like that blanket around you so that you can hear from him and be silent in that moment from your own self enemy or the enemies in this world. Keep me as the apple of your eye. This is a precious reminder of your state in Christ, how God sees you. The precious apple of his eye. That's a twinkle, that's a delight. So there's no sense in which when you come to him and hide and be enveloped by him, that he's shaming you, that he's saying, you know what, if you only hadn't done that, you know what, with your big mouth, you know what, none, none of that. This is God saying, I got you. I, I love you. I dig you. I delight in you. You're the apple of my eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. You know how big a wing has to be to cast a shadow that you could hide in? <laughs> right? Hide me there. Hide me in the shadow. That big mothering sense of God with his wings and the shadow that it creates around you. Hide me from the wicked who are out to destroy me. And once again, we tend to think of that as all oh, those bad guys out there. There's, there's a bad guy in here too <laughs> that will destroy your own self because of your noggin and your, your knucklehead ways that you like to talk about yourself and, and other people and just builds. From my mortal enemies who surround me. You see that? See, we have the tendency to, to think about the rest of the world surrounding us. The Calgon take me away moment. I gotta get out of here. God is the one that will surround you. Let him surround you. It says in Psalm 5, let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them that those who love your name may exult in you. You are hiding in the God of the universe who loves you, who delights in you, and that in turn will cause you to Rejoice. So bring in under your little fort blanket with God, worship, praise. And be careful about the types of things that you're hiding away in and the types of music and the types of entertainment that you're allowing into your mind. Fill your mind with things that glorify God and edify you. So when you're hidden and you're enveloped in him, your heart just breathes out that kind of praise back to him. So see... Come to him, H, hide in him, I, I am. That's the name of God. And we want to know the God who made us, and I want you to know the God who made you. That's why in our Dwelling Richly Bible study, we always talk about the most important thing when we go to the Bible is to not find out help for ourselves, is to know God, and then we'll find help for ourselves. But know the God who made you. Know the I am. Know the God who made you and by whom you must be defined. Right? I, I think the whole the God who made you part is the easier part of the two. 
we are like, ah, God made me. I'm made in his image, that type of thing. Being defined by him, letting what he thinks about you. And I've already said so much about that. The apple of his eye. He delights in you. Now listen, remember, you're not just here to consider you. You're being equipped right now because someone in your life needs this. And you might not even know them yet. And my guess is you already have somebody in your life. You're like, oh boy, this, I need to, let me talk to so-and-so about this. I, I, and they might not be able to hear it in this format. They might just need to hear it from your life, the way you're going to talk to them. So please, as we're, as we're listening, think for yourself, but also think for that other person that I know God's bringing it into your mind right now. We have to allow ourselves to be defined by God. You cannot be defined by what God says and who God says you are if you don't know him. If you're filling your time with things that don't bring you closer to God, if you're not investigating God and, and being curious about him, right? Then you're, you're not going to really know. You're going to have an idea about it, especially if you go to a good church, if you're with good people, you're going to have a good idea about it. But I'm telling you right now, you need time with God. Just you, just God. Hearing directly from him and trusting because of the Holy Spirit that he is going to teach you. He is going to help you. You are going to learn. We get a little intimidated by that. Like, oh, I don't understand how to read the Bible. I'm not going to learn. I'm not going to remember. There, <laughs> let me just tell you right now. There is no chance in the world that God is up there in heaven saying, yeah, that's true. You're never going to learn to know me. You're not going to understand me. You better let the pastors do that part. There's only one person who would ever want to convince you that you can't understand the Bible well enough, so you better maybe just learn from a pastor, you better learn on... Who's that? Your enemy, Satan, the devil, absolutely. So any time that you allow that voice to define you, and I'm not smart enough, I'm not focused enough, I'm not disciplined enough, I'm not X enough, I'm sorry. <laughs> There is no way that God's in heaven going, that's true. You're not. No. Come to him. Hide in him. Be enveloped by him. Know the I am, the truth about who God is, and make that your focus. I promise you, ladies, he's going to reveal himself to you. Right? When... God called his people out of Israel. God introduced himself, reintroduced himself, because Moses says to him, um, hey, if I come to the people of Israel and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me, uh, they ask me, well, what's his name? <laughs> Who's that guy? You shall say to them, what shall you say to them? I am that I am. Right? You are, you are meeting God the creator of the universe, the one who delights in you, that's who you're coming before. And that's who God called out of Egypt as well. I am. Knowing him, knowing the God who defines you, takes us back to simple realities of who he's introduced himself and reminded in time that he was. So this guy, Jeremiah, gets a word from God and he has this miserable life. Just read Jeremiah. They're like, oh, that guy, really, he went through a lot. Uh, but this guy, Jeremiah, ends up being a prophet for God. God calls him and he says, look, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And he had a really cruddy time of it. 
I'm just saying right now. So you want to put a pin in that every time you think about how hard your life is, you go back and read Jeremiah. <laughs> and this is how God talks to Jeremiah. So look, I, I've got this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before your mom and dad got together, I knew you. That's, that's a truth about his relationship with Jeremiah, but that speaks about the nature of who God is. And there's no reason for us to not believe that for ourselves. Like, God has always known me. Every experience in my life, every experience in your life that brought you to this chair, sitting, wearing this outfit, in that spot, across the way or next door to somebody sitting next to you, listening in online, God knew. God planned it. God's got it. Every aspect of that in your life. Go to him. Read the word. If you need help, you're in the best place. That's what this entire summer study is going to be about. It's reintroducing you to how to get into the word and, and to, to know who he is. Come to him. Hide in him. Know the I am. Know the God who made you. And the last two are let go and let God, which can sound a little cliche. Let go and let God. That feels like a bumper sticker. Like, put that on your bumper sticker. Let's wear t-shirts that say that. Well, we're going to really move in on what that actually uh, means. First of all, let go. Release your need for control. Release your need for control. Um, well, we love our control, don't we, ladies? <laughs> uh, we, we like to make sure things are kind of the way... We want, we want them to go. And we laugh about that and the little idiosyncrasies we all have about how we like to control things. But I, I mean this in the spiritual sense, really. If you, if you want to move forward, if you want to deepen your relationship with God, if you really want rest from the stress and the anxiety that you're dealing with and that you know people in your life are dealing with, you have got to get back to what this actually looks like to let go. Because I think we're pretty good about saying, I totally trust God. I let go of things. No, you don't. <laughs> Turns out. You, we don't. We have our areas that we, we kind of can look like we're letting go. So we're going to really move in and talk about what does this actually mean to let go. Let go. Release your need for control. Listen to what it says here in Ephesians 3.20. To him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think. Pause. Before I finish that. To him who is able to do far more abundantly before all I can ask or think. And I can ask a lot, and I can think a lot, and I want a lot of control about how I think everyone should be in my life and how I think I should be to him who is able to do far more abundantly. If you maintain control over your life, even if it's just mildly trying to nudge God and you think that's going to work for you, you are not exposing yourself to the actual incredible abundance that God really does have for you. And it's why you continually cycle back into anxiety, fear, loneliness, discouragement, depression, being stressed out. Caligot, take me away. Moments like that. Right? Why? Because he is the one that's able to do far more abundantly than all we can ever ask or think. We can't even begin to imagine. <coughs> and the better we are connected with God and understanding who God is, more and more able, you're going to go, I I can't even control this anymore. I got to let this go. And you're quicker about it, about letting it go, according to the power at work within us. That's what's exciting about that. Because we have a sense of feeling like the let go aspect is out here. Put your hands up in front of you like this. 
and we have we visualize ourselves like letting it go mm-hmm. but it's in here I, I, I can't how you crawl inside your your body but i'm trying to help you understand it's the power that's in us but we're grabbing a hold of us you realize what the power is that we have in it in the context of this passage here in ephesians 3 go back and reread ephesians chapter 3 it's all about the resurrection power of christ mm-hmm. talk about letting go kapow death completely conquered that's the power that you have in you and so your pathetic attempts, my pathetic attempts to grab it and control it, weave it in my own way, to overthink it, to overplan it, that's not resurrection power. I got to let that go, right? Let it go. Release your need for control and present your body a living sacrifice, right? Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. If there's one question I hear from women over and over and over and over again, it's, what's God's will for me in this situation? What's God's will? What's God's will? What's God's will? You wanna know what God's will is? Present yourself a living sacrifice. (laughs) Lay it down, let it go release it to him, I I guarantee you that daily act before your feet hit the floor in the morning, if that was the first thing out of your mind and out of your mouth and out of your heart, Romans 12, 1, God, I'm right back here again. Before my feet hit the ground, I am presenting myself as a living sacrifice. Help me to see what that means to be in my life today. I am letting it go. You can't take something back that's been sacrificed. Do you think Christ could undo being sacrificed on the cross? little spackle in the nail holes no that's sacrifice you couldn't even get close to no approach an actual sacrifice the the fire type of sacrifices that were consumed a sacrifice is something that's the ultimate example of being let go that's not coming back outside of the resurrection power and that's what you want in your life you want to let that go put it on the altar and don't grab it back let god have you as the living sacrifice and bundled up in you because we, we like to um, think of it like an analogy like oh I'm gonna let go and and um, put a sacrifice of my my job and my family and my relationships I'm gonna put them on the altar no that's, that's not that's not biblical you're all that you, it's all consumed up inside of who you are when you present yourself as a living sacrifice that's a package deal that's your husband that's going on that altar too. That's your kid, that's your job, that's your relationship, that's your knucklehead way that you talk about yourself. All of that's going on the altar. You, 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 don't, you don't get to put an Isaac on the altar. You put you on the altar every day. Every day. Wake up, Romans 12, 1, again and again and again. It's a beautiful reminder of the mercy seat of God right that moved open the way for us to approach the throne room and what's exciting about that if you want to think about mercy is the bible says to us so powerfully that god's mercies are what every morning new every morning where was the mercy seat what took place at that mercy seat sacrifice you sacrifice every morning Present your body as a living sacrifice. Why? Because God's mercies are new every morning. 
That's you coming before him. That's not you being needing to, to be forgiven all over again for a sin that you've done. That's you submitting and letting go to him every day, every moment. Put it on a sticky note. Stick it up in your car. Put it on your mirror. Write it out. And don't, don't lose sight of that. Let God. Let go and then let God. Open your hands and your heart and your calendar and your plans and you let God work every area of your life, of your heart, of your soul, of your mind, of your phone. <laughs> all of it, of your strength. Right? All of it goes to God. Proverbs 16 says, all a person's ways seem pure to him or her in this case, right? You're not sitting around like, second guessing. You know, you're in your mind thinking, I, I'm trying my best here. God's, God's got the actual answer on that. All a person's ways seem pure to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. So commit to the Lord whatever you do. Let him decide if that's the right thing, if that's truly pure. I guarantee you, ladies, when you have that as your mindset, when you're truly letting God have it, you've let it go, and you're not going to grab it back. You just let God have it. Mm -hmm. You're committing your way to the Lord. Whatever you do, what's the promise? He will establish your plans. And everything involved in that. All the things that in your mind right now that you are anticipating being really disappointed about, you already have that set, a loss that you know is coming, a conflict that's heavy and it's out there in your future, a difficult relationship, a conversation that you're going to have to have with someone, a sacrifice you know that's coming that you're going to have to be making, it's going to hurt, a job issue, a lack of a job issue, all of that stuff that's out there and our tendency to go to bed at night and let it spin and wake us up. I want you to go to bed at night tonight and review your, your thoughts on this. Review these verses and just let it go and trust God in the middle of the night for all of that. Is there any reason why you can't believe right now that he isn't already working out the solution? Isn't he already at work? Isn't he already making a way? Doesn't he already have your best in mind and the best of that person, that situation, that thing that you really are worried about? Let God open it up and let him have it and just let God just keep it, right? Commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. The Lord works out everything to its proper end. This is a good little extra bonus. I almost cut it off at that word, but I'm like, let's throw the wicked in there too. Um, even the wicked for their day of disaster. So be on that side with God, the side with the righteous, the side who honor God, the side who truly love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength. Come to him, willing to come to God in every circumstance. Hide in him. Let him envelop you, even while you're surrounded by a hectic life. Notice none of this is saying that your hectic life is going to smooth out. You're going to move through this with God, yoked with God. Not that the anxiety is going to stop and all the things that are causing it, but your ability to submit is going to shift. 
knowing him, the I am, the one who made you, the one who defines you, letting go, truly letting go. Look to your neighbor. Tell them that. Let go. Talk to your neighbor. Let God. I will. I will try. You keep me accountable. <laughs> Trust him in those plans. And as we come together throughout this summer, one of the things that we, in, we say, I say this every time, we nurture, develop, and expect in this Bible study, these connection points, that we will keep each other accountable. So Diana's pointing to me, you too. I'm like, yes, me too. There, this is nothing magical about me being behind the computer here. I'm not like, oh, I got this all figured out. Look with me with zero anxiety ever. I need this too. <laughs> I need you. Turn to your neighbor and say that to them. I need you. I need you, sister. I need you walking with the Lord. I need you growing in him because I'm not going to be on it. Your neighbor isn't. You're not. We need each other. We need to let go of that expectation, somehow this imagination that somebody else out there has it figured out and probably doesn't deal with it like, like we are. Because then we're letting shame and condemnation rule our relationships and our life. So you're shoulder to shoulder, face to face, in this room with women who are going to commit this to God and to one another. I'm praying for that. I'm praying that you're not here just at a Bible study to say, oh, go to Bible study, check out on my list. I did a little Bible study. I, I want you transformed. I want, I want this to be the beginning of you saying, oh my gosh, God, I, I, I can't wait to trust you more. I can't believe what you ha have, but I'm, I'm going to trust that it's out there and you're, you're going before me right now. Whatever that issue is, I am excited about that. And I, I want to wrap up with a reminder from Psalm 5 and then a simple hymn, a simple little hymn that I know you guys are probably, almost all of you will know. From Psalm 5, the psalmist writes, but I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in the fear of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. And then our song, and I'm sure if I, when I say these words, you're going to start singing it in your head. It goes very simply like this. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's give this time to God.